0: Hello and welcome to the Mac and 4 show. My name's Mark Chapel, and I'll be filling in for Carl Madden as he's not available this week. Aren't I? No. We'll be talking about all things Apple related. Uh, I'm not that busy, you know. Yes, you are very busy. I'm not. Honest. You're not fooling anyone. I'm fine. I can do it. I'm telling you, you can't. Honest. I can do the show. I can do the show. See? Told Told you. Welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. Mr. Madden is attending a candlelight soiree for his apparent contribution to the world of podcasting. Oh, well, that's what he's told us. Well, either that or he wanted a night off to go to the pub. But don't worry, helping me steer the good ship Mac and Forth are four of the finest crewmates you could ever wish for. With me this week, I have the man we'd like to call the one who's familiar with the matter or the source familiar with the matter with Apple, or so we like to think, Mr. Matt Barton. How are you
1: this evening, sir? Um... That's been an and a half, is not it? Uh, yeah, I'm okay, mate. Um, Wild coughing fits every now and again, but apart from that, I'm all right.
0: Coughing fits of just general
1: being in London with the smog and pollution, or is it something a bit more of an ailment? Uh, no, I've just started, again, from last week and still feeling crap last week. The only thing I haven't been able to shake is this coughing kind of... Bits that keep hitting me every now and again. So if I suddenly vanish off the show, it's because I've gone into a wild coughing fit. So hopefully I'll mute myself in time.
0: Well, hopefully you have only got to survive like another hour and a half, if anything, the, the pre-show is gone. Also with me today is a man who puts the shack into the flat cap. It's Mister Richard McCorriston. How are you, sir?
2: I'm okay, apart from the, the stench of petrified cat feces. I'm I'm dandy. Thanks. I have nothing else to ask about that. How are you? You're looking wonderful.
0: I'm feeling very yellow. I have actually, as in my first show, I have actually matched my, uh, my T-shirt with my wind mic. It didn't go unnoticed. Thank you very much. I haven't got my Steve Jobs jump roll today, which is what I normally wear when I'm on the show. Also, the man who is a very few words, Mr. Barry Gentleman. Good evening. How are you this week?
3: Fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. I've had a very, a very technical day. I've learned how to do my um, iOS packet capture today. That was interesting.
0: Uh, you know what? You know the thing that I said to everyone to remind me to do?
1: Press record? Yes. I'm guessing you haven't pressed record. after. Did you,
0: did you try and blame us
1: straight away before you... <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you really not pressed record? Even after saying to us all, OK, let's four start people. the show, be four quiet people. and prep, and let's do it. Four of you have technically failed me.
0: That's right, you start again, I'll eat my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is never happening again, is it? Right. And also with me is one of the contributors from the 560 Strong Episode Podcast. That is the MyMac Podcast. It's Mr. Gazmaz. How are you this evening?
4: I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, Looking um, forward to uh, this evening's um, festivities. That's what they've been so far.
0: It's, it's been interesting <laughs> so far. That's one thing that show is <laughs> never going to be accused of as being a bit dull. No, right. I, I, I don't know what anybody else thinks, but I'm having a blast, I tell you. You're just waiting for me to play Mrs. Roundup so you can finish eating your tea.
4: (laughs) I I love Missy.
0: Speaking of which, let's crack (laughs) on then with Mrs. News Roundup. Let's mount up.
5: Neil Young has pulled his music from several streaming sites saying that the audio quality sounded awful. I don't feel right allowing this to be sold to my fans. It's bad for my music, he said before continuing. Now get off my damn lawn, you pesky kids! An iPhone thief from Venice near Los Angeles managed to capture his image as he continued the robbery and filmed it using the device. The owner realized her phone was missing but found the video on her cloud service and shared it with the police. Here's hoping it will appear on Apple's Shot on an iPhone campaign. Apple has been granted a patent to use embedded solar cells inside their devices to enable them to charge throughout the day. Naturally, there is no indication Apple will be able to deploy this technology, especially for units heated for the rainy old United Kingdom. Maybe they can develop drizzle cells. And finally, Piper Jaffrey's analyst, Gene Munster, has stated that he thinks 2017 will be the breakout year for the Apple Watch. Mind you, plucky Gene has previously predicted Apple will produce a standalone Apple TV set in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and now 2016. So the words pinch and salt do come to mind.
0: And there we have it. Thank you once again, Missy, for doing the news roundup. So, The, the lovely of, Missy. Oh, well, of course, the lovely Evervescent. Evervescent? Is that right? <laughs> I in mean, fizzy. Roll with it. Roll with it. Well, she could <laughs> be fizzy. She might have a bubbly... She's fizzy if she's got a bubbly personality. Mi- <laughs> fizzy Missy. Yeah, that's great. I've got a bit of a crush on Missy. Yeah, yeah I, I have to. I'm not going to give away who I've got a crush on on the internet because they sometimes <laughs> do a podcast... And whenever they do a podcast, it always gets mentioned. So I'm saying nothing.
3: But she- Are you cheating on Swifto?
0: We're having, a bit of, um, we're having a bit of a fallout. There's a bit of bad blood between us. Oh, hang on, I've got a signboard for that.
2: Give us Give us five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's some serious lag going on at the moment with this SSD anyway so well actually speaking of Taylor Swift Neil young has pulled his music from um, streaming services not just YouTube and YouTube iTunes even seamless streaming has ended for me said Neil young I hope this is okay for my fans it's not because of the money although my share like all the other artists has dramatically reduced by by bad deals made without my consent it's all about sound quality I don't need mu- I don't need my music be devalued by the worst quality of the history of broadcasting or any other form of distribution i don 't feel right i don 't feel right allowing this to be sold to my fans it 's bad for my music for me it 's about making and distributing music people can really hear and feel. I stand by that when the quality is bad i 'll give it another look now, Gaz you just did uh, a Mac and forth show, not a Mac and forth show a my Mac show uh, all yeah. about the quality of music on iTunes. So what's your thought on Mr. Young? Is he right? Is he wrong? Or is he just being a bit pretentious and a bit tidal?
4: Quite sure we did it all on the quality of um, uh, the sound in iTunes. But what we were talking about was um, Apple Music and the streaming thereof. Now, um, I've not used Apple Music myself. One of the reasons for that is because I don't listen to a great deal of music, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. However, my daughter's uh, one is nineteen, one is uh well, one is eighteen, one is um nineteen or twenty, can't remember. God, they are grown up. But the uh the younger one has been using Apple Music. And the biggest problem with it she's found is the lack of streamability, if that's the word. Well it is now, I don't care. Um and she's found that um Spotify streams very success successfully over 3G, even in a very bad three G area, which we are in, certainly for the carrier that we're on. Um, And whenever she tries Apple Music on that same service, fail, complete fail. It just won't do it. Even if we've got a good 3G, it stutters. Now, that could be because of the size of the files and the quality of the music they're putting down. But actually, when you're listening to um, music through these little headphones, unless you've got a really expensive pair, you probably don't need the high quality. However, I can understand where uh, Neil Young's actually coming from. Um, because the music I listen to, I like to listen to it through uh, reasonable speakers, certainly in the car. And um, if you're streaming a poorer quality uh, session, you can tell the difference. So, I mean, I think you've got to be a little bit of an audiophile. But for me, you know, generally, I, I am surprised that uh, he's taken this, this course. And uh, if that's his ethical stance, good, good on him. That's what I say.
0: So what do you well, think, I, then, he hasn't gone over to Tidal? Because if they're they're the ones that are like proclaiming that they're the new saviours of um high definition.
3: Who? And there's your problem.
0: <laughs> Sorry, go on Barry. you were you were about to say them?
3: Yeah, I, I I just for me for me, so if if you if you think back to start of the year, he um Neil Young was developing this high def um music player. The Bond. Yeah, so I think he's realised that that's going to go wrong and he's just got the amp.
0: Can anyone actually remember the name of it? Is it the Pony? The Pono? Pono or something, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, I remember that. I remember it being on Kickstarter and not even hitting its target on figure on Kickstarter.
3: Yeah, it was something like a $400 high-def music streaming thing. That
2: you could only listen to Neil Young on. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be, be a bomb. dedicated fan. To, do you think this yeah. is about age? I think a younger, a uh, a man of a, or a man or woman of advanced years is more likely to be um, uh, more concerned about audio quality than a younger person. You, you know, if you um, look back at the guys that were into their hi fi's and they had stacks of hi fi's with amazing speakers, they spent a load of money on them. Um, now that. Uh, now you can listen to music on on YouTube, and because it's good enough, a lot of the younger generation uh, they're fine with that. So I'm not surprised that it's Neil Young rather than sort of Kanye yeah, but, West. But
4: or I, I, I'm not sure that's exactly right because how many cassette tapes did you play? You know, with Dolby Surround, uh, or not Dolby Surround, but Dolby Noise Reduction. I mean, and oh, really how, how old digital. do you think I
2: am? Not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I go back to mini discs, not cassettes. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> <cheek. clears throat>
4: and I think, well, the point is, I don't, I don't. We've always go through periods where uh music is supposedly, you know, badly being sold or badly being distributed. Uh, uh, and I think this is the latest incarnation of it, really. You know, if people are that desperate. They can go out and they can get the good quality streams. They can get the good quality versions. So it, I, I don't think it's a problem. I think it is a possibly a, um, issue.
3: Is it? Is it because music is becoming it, – it's more with you all the, all the time? I know that's been coming for years, but it's just been the convenience of music. So you, it used to be – it was in your front room. You had the big stereo in your front room, and that was where you listened to music. And as, then, you, then you got to yeah, – I'm, I'm going back a bit, but then you got Ghetto Blasters, and then the music became more portable, then MP3 came along, and now music is expected to be everywhere with you.
4: <laughs> I'm going back a bit, but you could only used to listen to it in the musicals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the musicals or the music halls? Well, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, see, it's quality see, you over, older, um, you look, quality over um, convenience isn't it yeah it's that quality convenience thing there's always a battle between them and at the moment convenience is winning because if you've got nothing to listen to i'd rather listen to um you know as your daughter might be finding Gazmaz. that um you know she's going to turn on spotify because that works it might not be great but it works so you're not going to turn on something that doesn't work It's simple, simple as that. Correct. Correct. Absolutely.
0: And let's not forget, if he's talking about in terms of music quality, he, this was a guy who was around when the 8-track was available, and that was hardly a uh, a pioneer of music quality, was it?
4: <laughs> Which is, I think, the point I was trying to make Out and Rick took umbrance to it, but
0: there you go. <laughs> Right, so sticking with the music theme. So this week, Apple Music Beats One, iTunes and the App Store all experienced issues during the VMA nominees. Once again, it looks like Taylor Swift took down Apple. Apple's music beat ones, etc. etc. may well All of the services went down around about the time that the 2015 MTV Video Music Awards, or the VMAs, were exclusively being announced on Beats 1. The outage lasted approximately from 9.45am Eastern Time to 10.38am Pacific Time, affecting USA and Canadian, so nobody over here really cares then. But... Does MTV even play music anymore? Did anyone care apart from Twitter? And is this once again an indictment that Apple seem to underestimate the popularity (coughs) of their streaming services? And whenever it goes big, it goes boom.
3: Hmm. Was Taylor Swift um, were her videos played during this outage?
0: She's she's omnipotent. She's everywhere. So I'm just going to go with a generalised (coughs) yes. And if she wasn't, she's not everywhere. She's not on
3: iTunes.
2: She's,
3: on, no, so she's, she's not on Spotify. She's not on Spotify. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. She's not on Spotify. So maybe it was just uh, after after they, uh, they, they the. the, the, the well, I don't know yet, but um, when she you know, got the money for the artists in the first three months, maybe this was just sour grapes from uh, Apple. It's a very fruity, yeah, fruity revenge dish.
0: It would seem
4: um, there's a conspiracy theory for
2: you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I don't. Um, what? What's the? What's the story? It's, it's done the done services went
1: down. The services went down during the announcements, which still begs the best the actual question is why is the MTV still doing a music awards ceremony when have you ever seen have you watched MTV lately? No. lately? You, know, you can't find any actual music on there. It's all kind of. But they were doing a video award ceremony on an audio-only well, no, the, the ceremony was live in the US, and it ah, was actually nice. being filmed, but Beats 1 were actually broadcasting it, so they were broadcasting it on Beats 1. Okay. And Apple, Apple yeah.
2: Music died, did it? <laughs> uh, the, the, the service oh, no,
1: no, all went Apple. down, yeah. It was as if it got completely overloaded on servers and just dropped out.
2: Well, Apple Music hasn't been having a great time anyway, has it? There's been quite a lot of um, issues, so I doubt it's... Um, some sort of DDoS, or not, not even DDoS, like, you know, overloading. I very mm. much doubt that. that So many people jumped onto this stream that it broke it. Except, well, Mark must have had about 10 channels open for it. I,
0: well, I've still yet to hear Taylor Swift on Beats 1, and it's. It, I'm starting to sense a conspiracy myself. The,
2: you saving that for the um, a, a night in alone with some candles?
0: I'm saving it for when <laughs> I come down on the 1st. But did anyone catch the start of the Beats 1 launch and Zane Lowe said something very interesting saying that they've been working incredibly hard for the last three months on getting Beats One Radio up and running. So, do you, was that like a, a nod to saying that they sort of rushed everything together, or did the deals only really sort of come to place three months before they launched and there's still a heck of a lot of uh, technical testing to go? Was anyone around, and also, was anyone around at the start of Spotify? Was that always a seamless experience?
1: No, it wasn't. No. Spotify was atrocious when it first launched. Uh, and this is when it first launched in the UK. Obviously, it came later to the US and Canada. But when it first launched in the UK, it was absolutely awful. It kept dropping out. It was losing service. There was hardly anything on there. And then you suddenly found the artists that were on there. You went back a couple of days later, and they'd been stripped out.
2: But that happens to every. If you look at oh, yeah. Twitter, you know, can you can remember Twitter. Twitter actually yes. had a, a developed a logo for the when whale. They the whale. Was <laughs> it the uh-huh. whale? No. Any? Cool. Um, it's quite easy to come into this with endless amounts of money and do it well. Um, and when when these guys start out, they are on. Probably someone's servers in their bedrooms um, mm. starting, and they just they have to get the cash in to be able to um, and enlar- uh, um, to be able to grow on that. But Apple don't really have that excuse, I don't think. No. Well, it's
1: still it's still a new service, though, isn't it? To Apple, Apple's always been the basis of you you buy your music from us, you don't stream it. I mean, no, that was that's the like aesthetic. buying a buying a car
2: from um, a new car maker. And it breaking down all the time. There's no excuse because people have been making them for ages. You know the technology's out there, the skills are out there, and people know how to do it. So what Apple are doing isn't vastly different from what um, you know ten companies like them are doing. The skills are there, um, and it's not just because they're so ridiculously popular. It's because they've done something wrong. I think
1: they're in the beta period. It is. It is. It is it's only recently launched. In essence, it's a beta, beta, beta of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: it's one. <laughs> so is Apple not getting as much leeway as anyone else then just purely because they have this massive, massive amount of money and they should just be able to a- a- buy things. Apple
4: never Apple never get the leeway that perhaps they should be mm-hmm. you're a big
1: company, you the people expect it to be amazing from day one.
2: Yeah, and you you charge premium amounts of money for premium products and you mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're judged accordingly, I think.
4: And that's why I think actually it's probably a good thing it's free at the moment. <laughs> that's probably why it's free
1: for the first three months, to be honest.
0: There, there is one shining light about Apple Music, which is way above Spotify, is that you don't need to use Flash.
1: Is that the fact that you've got Taylor Swift on, though?
0: <laughs> no, with Spotify, you have to install Flash, which when, when I put it onto my test rig, I, I just couldn't believe it. It's like... Why am I going to install Flash to listen to music? Because if, I'm, if I really, really wanted to, you know, rip the music off, I'd just put Audio Hijack on and just record what's coming out anyway. So using Flash just seemed um, it just seems a bit bizarre. Mm. Right, so speaking <laughs> of Spotify, my my stream is like lagging out, So every time I, I was making a really sentient point, my whole system just goes. Huh. So I'm having to guess how much is lag and how much is uh, the, the eerie silence
1: in the room. Uh, yeah, that was just eerie silence. I'll be honest on that. <laughs> All that gets stripped and out I, I, anyway. And with yeah, my, and, and, I, and I should have I should have jumped in with this one, shouldn't I?
2: Flash by name,
4: flash by nature.
1: that's what flash should always do when you launch a new version of flash when it finishes that should come in
0: Speaking of Spotify, it looks like Apple might have been onto something with its curated playlist stuff. It just goes to show that those people who said what's the point of another music service could be a little bit wrong because who would have thought that competition can lead to a little bit of innovation? Spotify are launching Discover Weekly. The latest addition to the service will provide new means for streamers to find and enjoy new music. Spotify now adds a two-hour playlist of suggestions Based on your listening habits, each week to your collection, which will improve as you interact with the included tracks. The mix collection is refreshed every Monday. Does this appeal to anyone? Uh,
2: I used this on the way home this evening, actually, Um, and it was very good, very accurate. I listened to stuff that I haven't heard before. And that's exactly what this did. I hadn't heard any of the tracks before, and I liked all of them. So um, yeah, I, I've used this. It worked well. They did copy Apple, I suppose, but that's what all the greats do, isn't it?
3: Did they though? I, I mean, I know it's been a, been out a while, but do you, do you think this was knocked up as a response, or was it maybe already in development and they've? Of
4: course. They've- well, you couldn't you couldn't write algorithms to do that overnight, could you? So oh. they, they've obviously had something in in place, but they've probably been keeping something in their back pocket, knowing that Apple music was coming along. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure this is in those weird, um, things that tech companies do though. Where I don't think this would actually make anyone buy Spotify now, would it? I don't think. So if, no. they might've spent loads and loads of money trying to get this thing, um, going and in the boardroom, it probably matters, you know, cause they've got to explain to their, um, their creditors that that they're actually doing something to tackle it, but really it's not it's probably um I don't think it was needed. I was quite happy with Spotify before, but it's, it's good that they're innovating still, I
1: suppose well, it probably was already on the cards for them, and it was something they were working on. It's just now because Apple have launched Apple music and it does have something similar, everyone has jumped on it and gone, oh, they're just now copying Apple because they've seen that that bit kind of works, and yeah, you're right, an algorithm like this takes a long time to kind of get right. And so, yeah, this is definitely something Spotify have kind of had been planning to kind of launch some point just as part of the package system from that. It's just that now that they have pushed it out, everyone is now looking at it and going, hmm, have they done that because of Apple Music?
0: You can just imagine if if they'd done it the opposite way around, if Apple had sort of, if Spotify had curated playlists and Apple had done it, it would have been, oh, no, Apple can't innovate anymore. Um, Sorry, Barry, you were going to you were going to jump in there. No, no, I've I've just about to say
3: that I've I've never actually used Spotify. So I've, ne- I've never never used a, a streaming service. To be honest, I've. Um, uh, You're I'm, great for this section, then. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can I can provide that um, that naivety, <laughs> is, uh, the naive angle. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I, I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think um, it, you know what's best for spotify now though is is yeah. if everyone does think that they're um is if every if everyone does think that they're doing this just to battle um apple it does spotify no end of good if everyone thinks and talks about lots that they're, they're battling apple because that makes them the next um the next biggest thing and a story and, ev- and you know if they're in pre- in the press talk uh being talked about battling with apple against this yeah. that's really good for them
1: yeah, yeah. No such thing as
2: bad publicity. That's it. Unless you're Rolf right. Harris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good point.
0: I mean, Spotify have done a little bit of innovation recently. I mean, um, Rich, you're a bit of a... Really?
1: After all that, you thought, you telling me you haven't got something on your soundboard with Rolf Harris goes, can you tell what it is yet?
0: Um. Hang on.
1: Fan Fan no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. Oh, hang on.
4: Yeah. You really should have got Tom kangaroo down sport. Well, that's close enough. Australian crickets.
2: Let's not talk about Australian cricket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but sticking with the sports theme, Mr. McCorriston, you're a bit of a fitness freak. Have you tried that Spotify running?
2: No, I haven't actually. And say, I, it's very kind of you to say that I'm a fitness freak. I have all the gear, but I definitely have a dad bod um, uh, going on. But no, I haven't. Um, I haven't tried the Spotify thing Yeah, I, like to, I actually quite like to go running and cycling with um, when I'm doing it for fitness with nothing in my ears and without my phone and without anything. I rarely take clothes with me, to be honest. <laughs> just so you don't get killed when you run out and cycle I'm around London. call me a menace, but <laughs> I like to just go
1: running through the fields. <laughs> the um, restraining streaming all that? Uh, I, in fight, I will try though. Covered in grease. Just
3: going, oh, Kateri, Kateri, Kateri. He's a slippery one, that McCorriston, you know. Was, was that a musical uh,
4: <laughs> a connection there, covered in Greece? Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, apparently, it's supposed to be very good. Uh, my daughter has used it and said that uh, it, it it gave exactly the sort of beat that she was looking for. And uh, yeah, she, she said it was great. I've not used it. Um, I'm, yeah, a Luddite. But,
2: uh, what does it do? Match your pace with... A beat or something. Then uh,
4: uh, I think you can set it up, and you can tell it what sort of pace that you want, and it'll it'll lend the appropriate type of music. Mm. So you can increase the. Uh, I think I think what she said is you can increase the uh, the pace. I you can increase the beat, which obviously then will match your pace. Oh,
2: nice. I might try that. Oh, I, I've, uh, I've been put off um, cycling a bit because last time I went out cycling, I bumped into two men cottaging, uh, and. <laughs>
0: You cycling naked it
2: didn't really help, either. Really. <laughs> Since then. Since then, uh, 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 And I've... Um, so, well, anything can happen in the next half hour. Absolutely. Well, I was so late home because I had to watch for ages.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get
1: past.
2: <laughs>
3: I just got so, in trouble. Oh, where exactly the were they buying a cottage? <laughs>
2: I thought it was dogging, but my brother my brother corrected me and said, No, that's completely different.
0: <laughs> well, I was lucky when you were cycling you didn't have a problem with a nasty crack in the pavement, then it would have just been mayhem then. Anyway, coming back onto topic, with Spotify running, the idea is is that you press a button to say I'm going running and then it detects the tempo from it jiggling up and down in your pocket and then apparently adjusts the tempo of the music to suit the pace that you're running at. Now I've tried it. Um and it seemed to think that I was running at something like 170 beats per minute, and that's quite a brisk pace.
1: Are you sure you were running
0: fairly? Fairly. <laughs> Although it kind of did it, of did it, it play it did you,
3: any hill thinking
0: because you have to be running with your device in the hand, um, for it to start picking. Basically, you can't go from scratch. So if you're stood still, you can't press the button and then start off because you're obviously increasing your speed. So the time it measures, you don't really, I didn't find for me, it ever gave me the right beat per minute. And then I was having to fish my iPhone out, adjust the speed, adjust the BPM. And then I was just getting a load of old guff for music, if I'm honest for you. But if it's working Taylor for Taylor Swift,
4: some, that is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. well, I'll have to have another word with my daughter to see exactly how she used it because she said it was quite good. So Mind well, you, she was-, was probably actually running
0: i don't have i i've sort of come up to more of a saunter these days and sort of you know just being out of breath like i've been smoking 40 a day since man and child
1: <laughs> things have improved one day is even going to go outside as well.
0: well i've got to come to that there london that's going to be like you know a bit of a exploration six hours on a train is going to take me to get to get to that part of the city just to induce smog for a weekend six hours but speaking of things of improving see this is almost seamless these segues Apple has disabled App Store's reviews from devices running iOS 9. Apple Apple quietly changed its App Store policies and is no longer permitting iOS (coughs) devices running pre-release software to be used to write App Store reviews. When attempting to write a review from a device that has iOS 9 installed, a pop-up is displayed that tells the user reviews can't be submitted whilst using the beta software. Is this the start of Apple taking back control of one-star reviews in the App Store.
1: No, this is Apple politely going, "You're an idiot. Stop trying to do a sodding review for something that isn't actually going to be ready for it."
0: But you, you tend to see, moving on, <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you were going to jump in then, guys. If I was completely honest, I could see you nodding your head there. <laughs> Let's go over to Barry on this one. What's your thoughts on it, Barry? Well, as as a developer, you know, do do
3: I want my you know? If if I've pushed out a beta version of an app, do I want official reviews against that? Probably not. I'd, 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 I'd want some sort of, inf- maybe an informal user feedback, but not, yeah,
0: this app is rubbish. Does it not bug anyone else on the App Store when you say, oh, does it work on my device, really slow on my device? And yet on the left-hand side, it sort of politely says minimum minimum system requirements, like, must run iOS 7 and be of a for iPhone 5 or better. That That's the bit that really frustrates me when you've know, got developers like Barry and everyone else who put a lot of work into releasing an app only for it to get slated because someone's running an old device and it's pretty much not capable. So could this be a sort of like a, a, the first sort of entrance into Apple saying, you know, this app is not going to work on your device or is that what they're planning to do with... I would have said iOS 9, but that's a bit of a fallacy now because iOS 9 is going to work on everything. Yeah, you, you've well, got. Cool, sorry, I, go think,
4: I think you've got a bit of mixematosis there, haven't you, really? You, you're mixing the OS's with the, the devices, and that that's the problem Apple's got. And I, I don't think they're going to start jumping in saying if you've got a. A device which doesn't match the the limits of this particular application, we're going to you know not allow that review. I think uh, I think that would be going down very dodgy water for them to start doing that. Although it wouldn't be a bad idea, because uh, you know Barry's absolutely right. When someone slates you for your application, um, which wasn't intended for the device or the the system that you're using, quite rightly, you're going to get a bit frustrated uh, as a developer. But I I think. I think they've had a lot of keen interest and a lot of commentary around the the fact that people have been putting reviews in for software which wasn't intended for iOS 9. And I think they deem it to be a bit of bad publicity for them uh, on the new software. I don't think they're too worried about the older software. You know, They'll just go out and say, buy a new device then.
0: So should Apple look at a way of trying to eliminate the reviews that say crashes every time one startup up by making a sort of help system? Or a button that says
1: contact developer? No, I don't think they will. <laughs> well, <clears throat> to be honest, there kind of is. Because the point is, if you've downloaded the beta, part of your of agreeing to download the beta and doing it and everything is that you actually, if you do find a fault, you put in a bug report. And this, in essence, is a bug report. It's not a review where someone goes onto the store and says, oh, I'm running iOS 9, this app is crashing out. Of course, it's going to keep crashing out because that actual developer hasn't had the opportunity to push out a latest version on OS 9 because they're using the beta just like the person is that's written the review. So yeah, this ultimately is Apple's done this because it stops people having the power to push out, which then destroys the reputation of an app that's already out there. And people are not using those actual bug reports, which is what they should be pushing through to Apple. And that goes to Apple and the developer to actually say, look, crashes out on iOS 9, makes the developers aware, and it's Apple aware, so it could be looked at, rather than just feeding it directly into the store, and then affecting their overall rating as a developer themselves.
0: Have they done the same with, um, with Cap? So if you're running the public beta of LCAP at Apple, can you still leave reviews for, for things in
1: the app store? It doesn't really happen so much, does it, with the actual the the Mac OSs? It only really seems to be on the iOS stuff where people kind of push these stupid review bits in, saying that it won't do it. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's on a Mac as opposed to just an iDevice, but well, it think- seem to have a bit more sense when it comes to it, and they realise that, and they actually put it through as a proper bug report. Yeah, I think you know you've got. Hmm, how Am I going to say this without getting lambasted by the whole world? Uh,
4: you've got you've got all and sundry on an iOS device, haven't you? Yeah.
2: Good. I think of people that... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly. <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs>
4: Pretty much, yes. Uh, I don't.
2: I, um, I think you can leave. You can still leave. Um, you can still leave reviews for um, for apps on Helicopter Capitan, but then. I'd like. To, I, I, I'm going to uh, say that there's a bit less that changes. I think there's a bit more. It's a bit less fundamental. The OS updates at the moment, hmm. um, or they have been recently. You know, they're, they're far more tidying up. So apps tend to sort of work. I think. Have I you found you- that?
4: I think you might be right, Rick. Because if we, I suppose, if we go back when there were some major versions, you did get people making statements about software which uh, worked on previous versions and didn't on the new version, and they'd, they'd slate that particular uh, app developer. So you're probably right. Actually, yeah. it, it's been fairly steady for the last few years.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're t- we're just tweaking it ever ever since. Sort of um, Tiger, my favourite operating system. Um, it's it's been pretty stable since. And um, Ellen, this. In this sort of branch of them, since Snow Leopard, really, been pretty stable, hasn't it?
3: Mm. Yeah, I think my favourite reviews are when, um, when when somebody something quite unrelated happens to them. They say, <laughs> "I loaded it. I loaded this app and stubbed my toe. Therefore, this this app gets one star."
4: I think that's fair enough, though.
3: <laughs> the app distracted me. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: The app distracted me while driving.
0: <laughs> Officer. <laughs> and that's why you should never Snapchat in Drive, kids. It just it becomes a very messy situation very quickly. Does anyone think that Apple will eventually... I know that they have the re- reiterations of hardware, but will they ever finally admit and put in the field to say, this app will only work on this generation of device and above, irrespective of... Sort of one or two releases of iOS.
2: They do do that. I think yeah, that's already there. They, that's already there. Um, they already have a, a minimum requirement to run the apps.
1: I thought what they, they said at the keynote with regards to it will work on all devices is what they actually said was it will work on all devices currently out there. So what it worked on last year will still work in this lot. Right. So yeah, you still got that restriction there for earlier devices. If someone's running a yeah you know, a 3GS then they're not going to be able to pick this up at all for 9. Um, I think even I think the 4 might just drop out as well on, on this as well. It might just kind of come in, but it's going to be really kind of slow on a 4.
2: It's far easier for everyone if if that's the yeah. um, the route that they – the current situation that they have is is the best route for everyone, though, where the if you can install the OS – the iOS, sorry, um, then you can run all the apps that are available to you on that iOS, rather than going the other route, which is you might be able to st- install this iOS, but you might not be able to run that app and that app and that app. Yeah. Um, by doing it at that level, where you knock out, you know, the older phones and say, well, if you can't have this iOS, then you can't run any of those apps. Um, is it's it's more um, it's so much simpler for everyone involved if you do that. Um, whereas in the Windows. I don't know about Windows Phone or um Android to be honest, but in the Windows OS world, you have to, you know, in a lot of cases you can you might be able to run an app on um on a PC that has a certain processor and a certain amount of RAM, all that sort of stuff. It's
1: a bit more complicated. Yeah, well that's part of the problem on the Android system, isn't it? Because it will run on this phone and not this phone because there's a different processor within those two phones. And, but the operating system itself is the same operating system. But because of the processor within the phone itself, this app won't and this app will. So, yeah, so this – it does because you remember, 90% of apps out there are not Apple's. They are third-party companies that are kind of actually doing these apps and independent developers. So you need that resource where if it won't run this iOS, it isn't going to pick up on these apps.
0: Wasn't there wasn't there a time that they sort of did, like, pseudo-filtering that said you must have a camera in your phone to be able to run this app?
1: Yeah, uh, no, I don't remember that. I don't remember no, that. The, Apple's always it, had cameras in their phones.
0: It was a sort of, like, pseudo-mechanism uh, where it said your camera, you must have... I, I remember hearing this on another podcast, which I didn't really pay attention to, where they were saying they could do things by restricting processor types or the sort of lens or the... the Camera quality you had, I seem to remember. Maybe not. Maybe that was another hallucination in another world.
2: <laughs> I think they had um, they had the the face was it FaceTime thing with the original iPhone because um, it didn't have a, a front facing camera. I think that, that might well, be. Yeah. It. You were sort of caught in this weird sort of turning around <laughs> to um, to look at someone. Maybe that's maybe that's what you're uh, thinking about.
0: So moving on, um, Apple. Quarterly R&D spend soars past two billion dollars mark for the first time. Compared to the last quarter, Apple's R&D outlay for the quarter ending June jumped roughly 160 million to 2.03 billion, according to Apple's K8 filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. During the same time last year, spending stood at 1.6 billion, meaning money allotted to work on future products and services grew to 21 percent year over year. This Roughly equals 4.1 percent of the total net sales is being put back into R and D.
2: I'd be very hesitant about this because there's um there's a lot an awful certainly in England. I don't know about the states, but certainly in England there's a huge amount of tax relief for R and D over other business. So if you um, you can. Say, that you're you know these guys are doing r&d for you and write off quite a lot of their expense so i think that whether they are i mean i'm sure they spend an awful lot on r&d um uh but whether it's you know whether they're just playing around with um moving money around to get the tax benefits from that money uh that might be Where this money, where this figures come from? Yeah,
4: that sort of spend. I'm expecting some fantastic products coming out.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Also, you've got to remember, this is it could even be R and D to do with the new campus as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be just Apple products in that sort of sense as well, because obviously the campus comes under the same umbrella. I I still think this is someone from Apple who's just this is the spare money they found down the back of the couch and just went, yeah, sod it, we'll use it for this.
2: How many? um, How many people are in the R and D department for Apple? Because Apple are are famously a um, is it? They're famously quite a flat pyramid as far as. as far as management and other departments are concerned, aren't they? They, they have sort of quite um, – they they run quite lean at the top or relatively yeah. lean at the top for such a big company. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how big their R&D department is compared to how much they spend on it.
3: They have the best Christmas parties, though. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah you never, you're never going to get to the nitty-gritty of the detail, though. I, you know, they're never going to tell anyone.
2: Well, I'll go to the website and go to staff and go to departments. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll tell you. That will help. I'll tell you the spend.
2: It's good news, though. I mean, uh, the yeah. the reason we do what we do and the reason we love Apple is because they innovate and they create amazing products. This is, you know, the uh, basically the other the other money they spend is gumph and getting it to us, isn't it? Really, um, this is the important bit. So mm. it's great if they do spend a lot of money on this because that's what. Um, mm. That's how you get great products.
0: And if it's
1: equally... Because it innovates our future.
0: And if, you know, 4%, so it, it they pretty much said, well, this report is saying that 4% of the sale is going back into R&D. That's quite did, a hefty amount.
4: Is did, we, did it give any comparisons to other companies or not?
0: No, I was going to look at that earlier on. Now, I remember reading an article last year that compared to the ones like Microsoft, uh, I think even Nokia and Samsung, on a list of ten, Apple were about eight, so it still wasn't even a drop in the pool um, compared to everyone else. But look at what you know, of, spe-
4: of spend or uh, right? Okay,
0: uh, I think it was of spend if I remember correctly. But this was going back last year. But I mean, like like um, you know, Matt and Rick have said the amount of products that they push out. Although people say they're not innovating anymore people expect to see a new shiny on their wrist or on their feet or on their back or a new phone you know what people do forget is about the you know the research and development that goes into software like app nap uh, continuity handoff you know all this stuff would i would say probably comes in under the R&D budget would it not oh yeah oh
2: yeah
0: mhm enough we've got a story coming up in the rumor mill that might explain a little bit more about why they're putting so much into the R&D coffers. But before that, let me go back to the same board.
1: Warning, you are entering an Apple Watch zone. Warning, you are entering an Apple Watch zone.
0: This week was the phone call that Tim Cook told everyone just how well Apple are doing, including some really interesting stats, or lack of them about the Apple Watch. Apple Watch customer satisfaction hits 97%, higher than both the original iPhone and iPad. In in 2010, the original iPad had 91% customer sat. In 2017, the iPhone had 92%. Uh, no, is that right? Oh, I've got I missed out a date now. Well, I
4: hope I hope, it, I hope it's not right because someone's seeing in the future. Could I have the lottery numbers, please? I'm going
0: to blame, <laughs> as it's a shared document, I'm going to say that someone sabotaged this work. <laughs> anyway, the original iPad got uh, 91%. The original iPhone got 92%, but the Apple Watch has come out hitting 97% satisfaction. What's interesting, that unlike this sliced market- marketing pile of putrid mess that got reported all over, tech opinions are people that are actually public this report are actually showing up how their data is compromised. One of the interesting things I read was it's almost as if the further away people were from the tech or the tech industry, the more they liked the Apple Watch. So a question to the group is, are you satisfied with the Apple Watch? Is this statistic surprising to you? And How many okay. of you bought it thinking well, it'll get better with the second generation? So we will start with um Barry, you haven't got an Apple Watch, have you? So we can't. I haven't
3: say, have got. I haven't got an Apple Watch, but I. I quite. What I was interested about this story was how they're defining this this figure and and what they're defining by satisfaction. Is it you know, is it a hundred people saying I am ninety seven percent satisfied with my watch, or is it ninety seven percent of purchasers indicated that they were at least satisfied with their purchase, which is yeah, all right, I've got one. It's all right. But how many were very satisfied? How many were, I could not be more satisfied? And how many were, oh, I've wet myself, satisfied?
1: <laughs> Leave me alone, you weirdo with a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> this is an eight out of 10 cat scenario, isn't it?
2: It's is weird. I, one thing that I, um, I thought about this figure is that you'd, I think the watch, Apple Watch sales aren't as good as Apple wanted them to be. I still don't see that many Living in London. I look at a lot of I see a lot of people day to day and I haven't seen nearly as many as I thought I'd see out in the wild. And I do look I'm actively looking. It's not like I'm just, um, uh, you know, I I am actually seeing how many people are actually jumping on board the Apple Watch thing. And I wonder if if you got um, if it was Apple fanboys and people that really, really liked Apple buying the Apple Watch. Then you'd get a higher satisfaction ratio from, um, which would which would say that um, which is where so you I'll might get this ninety seven percent from. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So if my if everyone was going out and buying an Apple Watch and there were loads of people buying them, and everyone that doesn't really like tech, then you probably get a, a low.
4: Well, that's not what they're saying, though, is it? They're no, it's the saying... opposite
2: to what they're saying, which yeah, is why yeah. it's weird. Completely. I don't
4: understand that. Because, and to your, to your question, Barry, it says 31% uh, were somewhat satisfied, 66% were very satisfied.
3: Oh, okay. I did see that bit.
4: And I, I think you're right, uh, Rick, but it's, that's completely contrary to what the, the report has come back with, which is odd.
0: So are we sort of judging on a scale so people are happy with it? We're just sort of like wanting to pick apart how I love my Apple Watch.
4: I think it's great. It's the best the best piece of equipment I've never bought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the the Apple Watch is not adorn your wrist then? Correct. So I can't really comment if I'm honest. <laughs> Do you? What about a Fitbit, Garmin,
4: Move? Uh, I've got a Fitbit. Well, I've actually been speaking to Rick because uh, he's got a, a Garmin watch, which I've been uh, looking at the possibility of getting. But I love you know, my Phoenix
1: Three.
2: You
4: see, Absolutely he's a salesman. Do you work? Are you 100
1: percent satisfied with it? Though?
2: Um, yeah, I am actually for a watch. For you know, for a watch, and, and um, I mean, it doesn't make me tea. It could probably go over the. The other side of the shed and get me a beer, but you know it doesn't do that. But it lasts for ages. I mean, I've got my other watch on now because I've had the, the Garmin on for um, a week or so, and it's now at thirty percent. So I thought I might charge it today. Um, the battery lasts for ages. It tells me where I am, does all my That's notifications. Cool. It's great. I'm a hundred percent satisfied. If I if someone came to me with a clipboard and said, "Are you happy with your Garmin watch?" I would say I am a hundred percent satisfied with it.
4: And and to your to, to you, My, I mean, yes, I, I do have a Fitbit. I am looking at, at possibly getting the watch. I went into the Apple store and, and tried it on, and it, it, it was much better than I was expecting, and it was it, it definitely had that Apple well factor. You know, you go in the store, you have a look at the piece of equipment, and you end up walking out with that piece of equipment. The only reason I didn't at the time was because you could only buy it online. Um, but I, I'm kind of swaying to um, the convenience of not having to charge the damn thing each night, Uh, which is why I've been talking to Rick about his device. Um, And charging something uh, every night, I think, for the majority of people is going to be a pain. So to your point, Rick, about people being dissatisfied with the watch, I think if more people bought it and realized they had to charge the thing every night, that would cause quite a bit of uh,
2: dissatisfaction. That is true.
0: Is that because we're still looking at a watch as being a watch and not like a personal computing device or a mobile phone? Because, you know, we're, we're quite happy to charge our phones up. Well, I say quite happy, reasonably unhappy, neither satisfied nor dissatisfied <laughs> to, uh, to, to charge no, a No, they
2: call it a watch. It's, you know, people are, uh, generally, generally, I wouldn't say that people are happy to have to charge their watch every night. I think I think the battery on it has been, you know, proven to be, fairly successful and they've done a good job on the battery
4: life of it compared to other smart watches of uh, equivalent uh, capability but you know it, it's everyday joe blogs are they prepared to have a device a wearable device which they want to charge each night that's the point not whether the device itself whether apple have produce something which can can last for a week it, it's whether some you know joe blogs ordinary guy in the street is prepared to to live with the device which he has to uh, he has to charge each night to make it useful to him.
2: Why is Always it, be- though, that my Garmin can last for five or six days? Um, it has a color screen. It vibrates and makes noise when I get alerts. And it has a built-in GPS, and I use it for running. So I can go running or cycling with it um, a couple of times a week, um, and still it lasts for five or six days. What is it in the Apple Watch that's taking all this juice? um is it the screen because it is a nicer screen you know, it's far nicer than the garmin but um what have they done to it to to suck all that
4: i would say that? the cpu certainly working on the screen and the touch is the garmin touch no no i think that touch that screen itself not only you know what it's showing but the screen itself is is probably uh, being used
1: quite a bit more and, and eating
4: up a lot of juice
1: yeah, I mean, that does kind of come into it. But I mean, I, myself, I mean, I use my Apple Watch all day, every day. But when I, I do put it on charge, just because I've got a stand which has got a charger built into it. Uh, but I find whenever I put it on charge at the end of the night, you know, I've kind of got this thing on from like six in the morning till midnight when I normally go to bed. And it's still got, you know, 50, 60% charge left in it. So I can actually go a couple of days without actually charging it if I need to. I mean, I don't know about yourself, Mark, because you're obviously... But it's only me and you here that actually do have Apple Watches. <laughs> so what's your kind of charge capacity like by the time you kind of put it on at night?
0: Uh, I'm... With my routine at the moment, I can pretty much put it on sort of early-ish morning, go right through the day, if, as long as I'm not doing any exercise, which seems to be the case at the moment, wear it overnight, wake up, and you'll have about 20-ish percent left. And by the time I put it on to charge, go away, make a cup of tea, do my morning ablutions, come back, it's pretty much ready to go. So I look at it and now. It really, it's just sticking it on the char- stick it on the charger for half an hour, forty minutes. Um, mm. that, it, it just feels like it's having like a quick charge all the time, rather than having to be a device where you've got to put it on and wait for a good few hours. I, I basically just do top ups all the time with it. It's, yeah, when it,
1: it, it when it is kind of does need charging, it only needs a. It's a very quick charge on it to get it to yeah. kind of fill up again. Yeah, you know, it only needs most up to an hour, and it is a hundred percent again from zero.
0: And so, so yeah, you know, you know, I've got I've got my charger at my desk. So what I tend to do is because um, I'm trying to monitor my sleep pattern as well. I wear it overnight for that matter. I wake up, I check my emails. It it means nothing to. It's no different for me plugging my iPhone in. To, um, to my Mac to charge that up and do some syncing than it is just to sort do the one-handed clip-on, clip-off. But you're right, it is still a level of inconvenience. But to Gazmas and Richard and Barry, is Apple Watch 2, oh, sorry, not an Apple Watch 2, is the OS 2 going to tempt <sighs> you any more than it has now? Or are you still sort of thinking, well, I don't want the hassle of charging it up? I'm, is- on,
4: I'm on the fence because I, I don't wear a watch generally. Uh, the only time I wear a watch really is to, to referee a rugby game. So it, it. I don't want to particularly have to swap watches when it comes to, you know, refereeing a, a rugby match. I want it to be able to do that as well. So but I recently lost two Fitbit zips because I didn't want to wear the Flex or any of the wrist uh, Fitbit. Uh, devices and I lost two zips in the course of about two weeks, which was rather annoying, but we won't get to that story here. Why?
1: Um, and let me guess. somebody in your pocket in the wash?
2: No, all right. No, are no. you a part time vet? And <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> anyway, to burst no, no it, house? Wasn't,
4: it wasn't the wrist device that I lost, Rick. <laughs> um, anyway, um, somebody had a spare, um, flex which they could give me i'd actually and then something else anyway they gave me i credit it on the wrist and i just couldn't get used to it and i thought this could be the start of me wearing a device on the wrist whether it be the garmin watch that uh, rick has or whether it be an apple watch but i'm i'm not so it i'm not convinced that uh going back to wearing a watch is something for me so i probably may, may never ever get one to be honest with you so that was a useless answer for you wasn't
3: it <laughs> i'm in the same boat i don't i don't wear a watch. I'm not in a boat. Where's all this water come from? Then? What? <laughs> Hang
1: so on. what? You I've you don't want to wear a watch it? because Gas doesn't want to wear a watch. Is that what you're yeah.
3: saying? He's my he's my idol. He's my <laughs> my, he's my, my 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 wrist furniture idol. <laughs>
4: yeah. I, so so it, even if software two comes out and the the new device is is. You know well, if there won't be a new device. I don't think they'll redesign this for a while. It, you know they might update the software, but I, an awful lot's going to happen. Uh, there've got to be some fantastic gaps uh, up here for me to want to uh, to move over and get uh, get the Apple watch to be honest with you.
0: right, interesting viewpoints from one and all. so let's what's next on the list here? Uh, we've done that one. Uh, right, it's time for me to use the same board.
2: Give us a minute.. Oh. <laughs>
0: Shortly, yeah, okay, not okay
4: it. it's not Trumpton, it's Campbellwick Green. All right, yes, yes, I know, I know, now.
0: Right, so coming back to what we said earlier about Apple's heavy investment in R&D, it looks like Apple has found their car quality expert and it comes from Fiat Chrysler, dear Lord. Doug Betts, who led quality control out of Fiat Chrysler automob- automobiles until last year, is now working for Cupertino, the Californian-based electron Oh, I've completely misread that one. Uh, anyway, he's declined to comment on the position when reached out on Monday. His LinkedIn profile... I'll just start this one again. Mr. Betts' LinkedIn profile said he joined Apple in July and describes his title as Operations Apple Inc. with a location in the San Francisco Bay Area, but no further specifics. Clutching it straws, or is this another sign that Apple are making a car?
1: I'll be honest. If If Apple are making a car... Do you really want someone that worked for Fiat Chrysler as one of the guys that's going to go, yeah, this is what we need in it? Bearing in mind that uh, um, Fiat's over here don't have a huge kind of rep, do they? Back home, it's even worse. I don't know. I, I'm still waiting for Apple to buy a Tesla, to be honest.
0: Well, they seem to have stolen, <laughs> they seem to be poaching most of the staff, but Tesla is still going good guns with range and speed and all the chargers would would anyone be surprised if apple did buy tesla or would you be more surprised that tesla sold out to apple
2: i'd be very like, surprised if yeah. elon musk sold out to tesla he's been he's been there he's got he's got enough money um and this is his baby you know, and he's a um he's a do gooder um mm-hmm. in a he's one of the only ceos really that i can think of um at, at his level who is a real he sort of has a vision and wants to make a difference and if he got bought by apple he'd lose that vision completely you know it'd all be well, all about um be all about profits and
4: stuff it, it all depends he, he could also come back and say yeah but actually i didn't think that i could make that vision uh, so i needed the power of apple uh to be able to get there and if he still had some input to it then you know it could happen but i just don't see apple making a car i just can't see it
2: i can't even make a blooming tv device waiting for for donkey's years um i don't i don't think they're going to i mean they are they are making cars aren't they they want to make the cars that go around their, their their m25 um thing um so maybe he's just working on that
4: yeah perhaps you see they're calling them cars or we're calling them cars like they call the apple watch the watch when a lot of people say is it the watch perhaps they're going to come out with some sort of vehicular um device which isn't really
2: a car I tell you what would re reinforce my love of Apple more than anything is if they bought out a hoverboard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would explain that, all the D. I,
2: I would I would queue at the Apple store again if they bought out an, if they bought out a hoverboard.
0: True. That would explain all of the R&D would suddenly be explained but they have been on quite a, a purchasing um, a ransacking, haven't they? Like getting people from Mercedes, Audi, VW, uh, in the WWDC, they've got every single car manufacturer on board for CarPlay. So they're definitely doing something. But this one is a uh, really interesting.
4: And for me, I think that's the point. You know, a lot of people spend a long time in the cars, and what and the car of the future actually may well be self-driven. So those people are going to have a lot of spare time to be able to guess what use their. Electronic devices
1: to be able to connect to the world, and Apple want to be in on that. Certainly, if you're an iPhone, that's the size of your windscreen in your car.
0: You could watch our podcast well, when, when, when the thing comes out.
3: <laughs> or, Sorry, when, cool. no, when this thing eventually comes out, it, are we? We're we all to look at it, and is is Clive Sinclair suddenly going to go? Told you it would work.
2: <laughs> but they must be. I mean, they must be looking into it to a certain extent because Google are. And they have to, you know, they're a tech giant and they just they just have to be looking into everything that their competitors are are doing just in case they get left behind. So there will be a certain amount of Apple that is looking into doing this sort of thing, whether it ever comes to market. is a completely different story.
0: Well, with all the people that they've sort of hired from all these car manufacturing places, is it not just maybe not beyond too far the realms of fantasy that they've got these people in because they know the companies that they're working for, that this is just Apple saying, well, we've got someone who used to work at Mercedes. Um, He's working with us on CarPlay. You should put CarPlay into your cars. Is that not more of a feasible explanation for all these big head honchos or does this not tie up with all the battery experts that they've bought in as well?
2: I would have thought Apple is a massive company that can sort of... um, it, it doesn't have to do that. it doesn't have to buy anyone lunch, you know, and people want to work with them and pe- their people are every every company left behind not being on board with apple, so I'd be very surprised if they were hiring big names because they wanted influence within those companies.
4: Barclays aren't bothered
2: <laughs> no no the the French
0: of <laughs> the
2: French of uh, tech companies I don't
0: care I'll do my own. <laughs> Apple, what now? What the... right, so we've managed <laughs> to annoy the French and the bankers. We're on a good one today. <laughs> right then. So let's go on to the worth a tweet section. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to my system here. Everything Damn, that was like... loud. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go first for a change. My... It's worth a tweet this week is Paragon NTFS read-write driver for Mac OS via Seagate. So, you know what it's like? You go into a shop, you buy an external hard drive, you plug it into your Mac, and you can't do bugger all with it because it's formatted for Windows. Well, good news if you've got a Seagate drive, because Seagate are giving away the Paragon NTFS read-write driver for Mac OS for free. As long as you've got a Seagate drive, you can go over to the Seagate um, website, which the show will be in the show notes, download it, install, reboot, and you'll be able to natively read and write NTFS. <laughs> However, it's limited only to Seagate drives. Now, you can buy an unlocked version, which is about $25, I believe. But it's nice to see that you know Seagate are at least doing something for those of us who get stuck in an NTFS NTFS world.
5: Let's see what email Kickstarter sent Matt this week. Uh, to
1: be honest, I actually don't have something from Kickstarter this week. Uh, Gaz does, but not me this week. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so what you um, worth for tweet this so week, then, Matt? Okay, so mine is something called automatic. So talking about cars... This basically is a little device, and it basically makes your car connect with the rest of your digital life. So this is a little unit. Um, It's out in the U.S. They're doing pre-orders at the moment for the U.K. and for the rest of Europe. And this ties your car into your world. So every car from, I think, 2006 onwards has this little chip block inside. Edit, which connects into the digital brain of your car and it's where when you take it into a car place and you get an engine check engine light kind of come on that you take it in they plug a device into it and it kind of picks up all the information that your car is giving out and just basically lets the engineers know what's going on and that kind of stuff this plugs into that chipset and what it does from there it then tracks everywhere you're going so if you're, say you're in sales and you have to record all your mileage and that kind of stuff, this will do the whole thing for you. Um, it also ties in very nicely with uh, if this and that. So you can program an if this and that rule so that as you drive along, it picks up the fact that you're coming home and then opens up your actual garage and turns all your lights on so you can come in from there. It also has a direct connection with Nest as well. So it will actually talk to your- um and yeah, so it literally is a little device ninety nine dollars and it ties in beautifully with the rest of your world and just connects your dumb car in essence into the rest of your actual tech
0: now, thanks to you, I've gone ahead and bought one of these. And I thought, oh, this isn't too bad for $99. Just be a bit wary that if you are purchasing here in the UK, and as Mark said, you can do a pre-order, expect to pay $50 for shipping. And there's no returns as, as Has it well. arrived yet? Uh, it, no. They,
1: they, they haven't launched yet. So I've well, also,
2: to... also expect to get a <coughs> DHL man wanting 50 quid from you in, in VAT. Yeah. That's what happened with my ring.com doorbell, is that he, they wanted a load more money. I've already spoken about this. I'm particularly bitter about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They they wanted loads more money before they'd give it to me. Import taxes. Yep, that's it. Uh Unless they mark it as a present. Check out day.
0: So if when if you are ordering, it's worth um, checking out. There's also as well when you do go and pre-order. Please, please, please check out that your car is compatible when you go through the ordering process, like I did today. Because I've been after one of these for absolutely ages. Uh, you can check that your car is compatible.
1: So yeah, bear it's that a full compatibility mind. list on the website.
0: So bear that in mind before you order. So, this is
1: opening
2: um, up a bit of a hole, though, isn't it? And in, in hackability. You're opening your car up to being hacked because this is the, this, if you, that computer that's in your car controls all sorts of things, accelerator, power it's steering. It's a reader though. So
0: it only reads, it doesn't do any writing. So it's not like a one that you can plug in and do any chipping with. This is purely a way to sort of look at the engine diagnostics uh, and measure all those sort of things what I'm led to believe.
1: Okay. Yeah. Also, one of the big features, which it currently has in the U.S., and I'm kind of hoping this comes over to the U.K. as well, if you're in an accident, this actually sends a signal across. It doesn't at the moment, but it's something that's being talked about where they're hoping to bring it over, uh, and you will get a call. So someone, an actual physical person, will call you on your phone uh, just to make sure that you're okay, and they also will notify the emergency services. So if you are in the middle of nowhere and you're in an accident or anything like that, this is like an extra feature piece to it that actually will check you're okay. And if they can't get a response, they do an automatic uh, emergency services call. Send them your coordinates to where you are so they can get the emergency services out to you. And Like I said, they're doing this in the US. They're hoping to bring this over to the UK as well.
2: My car does that, um, and it uses the Bluetooth um whatever phone is connected via bluetooth it'll do that but what i what i think would be more handy is it can that it can detect there's a row going on in the car and then have <laughs> marriage counseling at home <laughs> when you get home ready to, ready to calm the situation down
0: well our next yeah
1: that might be a version two
0: the next suggestion might help if you want to escape from the house it's barrage choice hello
3: good. yeah so mine is the uh, it's a it's biologic bike mount plus and it's um it's a hard um hard iphone case that you can uh, clip to your bicycle um so yeah you know, i've just because because of my back i don't do a lot of running anymore so i've I've sort of picked up cycling again and realized that when i often go off into the wilds of essex and these backcountry roads i suddenly realize i don't know where i am so can end up cycling for miles in the wrong direction. So I, I looked at um, I looked at watch uh, um, and I, I looked, I was, I was thinking, thinking, well, it's best if I have me have me, I might as well take my phone out with me, but I didn't want to have it in my pocket. So this thing mounts on, onto your um, onto your handlebars and it's um, uh, nicely waterproof, uh, hard case, it's got a silicon inner which you drop your phone into, and there's also. Um, and you don't lose any sensitivity as well on the on the screen, which is nice, and, and it worked really well. So that was that was forty pounds. I suppose my only my only gripe with it is um, the way the way you mount it is what you're stuck with. So you can either mount it portrait on your actual handlebar, or you can mount it um, landscape across the you know the, the the bar that goes up to your handlebars. Rick probably That's- knows. That- yeah, you know the term for that. Uh, but I also do which was which one of the reasons I there, there was there was another firm who do a quad lock. I think it's called Quad Lock, where you can actually mm. turn it. But that was that was seventy dollars from the US. And again, I think yeah, by the time you've paid your VAT and everything, that's going to mount up.
1: Yeah, I've so, got the Quad Lock, and that is a bit more expensive.
3: Yeah, so I, I went with this one. And on the plus side was uh, you can actually buy a an additional mount for a motorcycle. So um, I'll be getting one of those as well so I can use, have that on my on my motorcycle. It'd be bicycle, nice if you could
2: mount a motorcycle on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: take, take the, uh, the problem out of pedaling, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, I actually have a solution for you guys on that. I'll send you a link. Did you did you see
4: the video at the bottom? I thought it was going to be something to do with the uh, um, <laughs> the actual frame, and uh, the guy pulls his seat off and actually creates a. It's got a, a, a pump in his seat and the the bar that goes down into the frame. <laughs> I thought, what's Barry picked here? Yeah, this is interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anybody
4: who goes to the link, go, scroll down, have a look at the videos. As well. <laughs> Nothing to do with the device at all
0: um alexander in the chat room has asked does anyone do a bicycle dynamo with an iphone charger yes they do and i'm hopefully getting it into review in the next couple of weeks after i've done an iphone case for them so it does exist uh and i'm going to be very interested to see um just how much drag it will put on the bike so good pick to barry there and good question from the chat room rich did you have a tweet this week marvelous so no sorry (laughs) Last but not least is Gazmaz. Okay, well I've I've
4: kind of got two, so I'll make up for Rick's. Um, the the first one is actually a Kickstarter, and I thought I, I thought I've got to do it because Matt normally does one, so I thought I'd jump <laughs> in with a Kickstarter. Um, see, I do listen to the show. Um, it's from Olaclip actually, um, and they're calling it a studio system. Basically, they're creating a case which has got all sorts of add-ons to it, so that you can add a quarter-inch connector and put all sorts of camera devices onto your um, uh, onto this case, um, including a, a movable handle. Um, and it looks pretty awesome, actually. Go over and play the video and, and listen to the two guys who are the original uh, developers of the uh, original Olaclip uh, camera system and and take a look and um i think it's it's a reasonable price actually at the moment for the uh uh, to back the project at about 30 odd dollars and um yeah if you go down and scroll down it's just got all sorts of little extras which you can do uh with your iphone camera and the iphone with the iphone and i would advise you do it because actually i'm using the video capability especially the 240 slow-mo more and more on my camera. It's just a superb device. So um, yeah, I'm going to have a go. Perhaps back in this.
2: It's funny that they're they're already a, an established business and they're Kickstarter I was thinking a about product.
4: Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I think there's a lot of companies that are actually starting to do that because rather than go through the process of of, of trying to get money off somebody who wants to share in your company um you know there's a lot of people that are successfully doing it through the kickstarter process and i bet kickstarter themselves are putting their name out and if they they did the original one i think on kickstarter so they're probably used to the whole process
1: that's great Yeah, that's that's what you find the original one was done through kickstarter yeah yeah you find that if they do the first one then it succeeds whenever they do a new product they do push you directly through kickstarter as well yeah, I backed this as well, actually. I must have, I did think about maybe putting this in. <laughs> um and then I did notice that um Gaz had put it on there, so I thought well, I was gonna think, oh no, I'll save it for next week, and then I noticed that Gaz put it on. <laughs> okay, so um
4: right, um the next one. We are about to launch Stingray. That's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so Thunderbirds are gold. there it is. So this is basically <laughs> it's a Thunderbirds two super size model with a Thunderbird four action figure that goes inside it. I mean, who wouldn't want one of these? It it's Thunderbirds, isn't it? Just it's worth a tweet. <laughs> it's quite expensive, but you know It's quite expensive, forty two quid.
2: <laughs> yeah. For a large it, lump of plastic.
4: Yeah, but it's, it's life size. It's, it's,
2: yeah. <laughs>
4: A large piece of plastic. Come on,
2: it's it is. It is awesome. It is it also is awesome, an antique. Isn't it? Isn't
4: it? <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome antique. I used to have actually one about I don't know about about three or four inches long. <laughs> I've got to say that right. I there. <laughs>
3: There's
4: a sound bite for a board.
1: <laughs> I'll have to use that. um Oh, you could also get Tracy Island
4: as well. Yeah, yeah, but I would—I never went for Tracy Island, but the Thunderbird too. I mean, Thunderbird two is just awesome, and to have Thunderbird four in there as well, you got to go for it. Forty-two quid, go on. That's
1: that's that's that's, that's for you, Rick. Thanks, mate.
0: That would—I <laughs> would
1: now. from the office on your desk, just on the corner of your desk. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I need something to, to play with when you're quiet.
0: And if anyone would like to donate a sound mixer for me that I will actually work, it's done on my laptop, please feel free to email me. It's if seen. you want... Yeah, sorry,
4: sorry, just to jump in. Actually, it is 26 by 40 by 27 centimetres, so it's not, you know, it's reasonable. It's oh,
2: life-size. Is that just a small child that they've got to hold it then? Yes, yeah, so you've got a small child. <laughs> <laughs> they need small to get child, Carl to good. hold it to make it look pocket-sized. That's,
4: that's, that's Carl's brother, you see? <laughs>
0: He was a giant ape when he was a kid. Right. So if I'm reading this properly, then the next thing we do is feedback. And we actually have some.
1: That's I still think good. Carl wrote this himself just because he wasn't going to be on the show.
0: Yeah, this does have a little bit of a setup. But yes, we have Feedback. A great podcast, five stars by Frank Curtis in the United States on the 18th of July. I've been watching and listening to this podcast from the beginning and have looked forward to each episode. Carl's interview on the rampant mumblings made me understand why I like the show. It is Carl, his happy disposition, his choice of guests and partners and the light-hand, light-hearted but to-the-point discussions. Thanks, Carl. I'm glad you left the previous show. I gave up watching after you left.
4: Thanks. So he's not watching after this one then.
0: <laughs> I have no idea on what he could be referring to, but thank you very much for the feedback. Please leave feedback for this show, um, especially if you leave more than normal, because that would just annoy Carl. And even if you don't like the show, you can email Matt. It's always the best way to go. Speaking of leaving feedback, how can you get a hold of us? We can search for Mac and Forth on the Google Plus communities and now on our new Facebook page. You can email us via macandforth at gmail.com, the Twitter at Mac and Forth, the website macandforth.com. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and anywhere else as well. So how can we get hold of everyone? Mr. Matt Barton, we'll start with you, we'll finish with you.
1: Um, Yeah, best place to get hold of myself is going to be on Twitter, at Matt 69
0: Rick? Uh,
2: Also on Twitter, at McQuarreston.
3: Barry? Also on Twitter, at Womblefoot.
0: And last, by no means least, Gazmaz.
4: Also on Twitter, uh, (laughs) Gazmaz.com. (laughs) <laughs> Last but by no means, Liz. Liz. <laughs> <And> yeah, <you're- laughs> twitter.com forward slash gazman. That's G A Z. I
0: thought, Mark, I thought you listened to the show. Um, I, well, this is the. Well, you know when we talked about Spotify earlier on? You've got to wait five
1: minutes now for him to kick in. <laughs>
0: No, just leave it. Don't He's in the shine. No. Don't worry about it. G A Z M O Z. I've mean, only listened to like one and a half shows, and that's why I was like, you had a whole shoot. Oh, I thought you had a whole show about iTunes streaming and Spotify streaming. So, he <laughs> said, no, Oh, no, actually, it was no, nothing like no, that. We, we were just talking about like the how not, it stream. It's not serious. Oh. <laughs> this has been a seamless production, and good night, everyone. And you also, and guys, you're also on the mymac.com podcast, which is over at mymac.com, which is part of the Spotlight Network.
1: Well, gentlemen... And what about you? Mark, what about you? You haven't said where you are.
0: I don't want to be part of society anymore <laughs> after this.
2: You've done very well. Can I just he say... He has. You have done... Yep.
0: It wouldn't it have been... A round of applause. First. There we go. Thank right. you, gentlemen. It wouldn't have been so bad if my connection didn't die. Mixed they are, in they are we can't are. not hear you red red talking red red. now because we're clapping. <laughs> He's
2: They're going red Look to step into, Carls, and um, and you you Literally.
1: Just ...into them. <laughs> I like plummeted into them, into them <laughs> <since>.
0: <laughs> well, you i I've get seen hold. clowns
1: look at Cal's feet and go damn they're big oh <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum. laughs>
0: uh, gentlemen it's been a pleasure <laughs> you can catch me via essentialmac.co.uk on the Twitter at OceanSpeed and if you feel so inclined to give me 10 minutes of your day and I'll give you the world is that right the Robocop thing maybe you can catch me on the ramp close, close enough close enough so, until next time, we don't know when Carlo will be back. If he'll be back, or he'll probably be chomping at the bit to come back and rescue his show. We will see you same bad place, same bad time next week. Tada, everyone!
1: See ya. Bye, bye. Oh. bye. bye.
2: It's good that Carl's getting lucky. Is Carl getting lucky? Is that why he's away?
0: I'll stop recording, though. (laughs)